Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, Dr. LaFanya Jones-Hines, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapist. What we will be is informative, down to earth, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up your volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session 51, Manhandled in the Abyss. Now today, everybody, we're going to be talking about a couple of topics. We're going to be discussing misogyny noir as well as respectability politics. I'm opening up with respectability politics because I want to give you the definition of that. This is a term that was originally coined by Evelyn Brooks Higginbotham in 1993 in a book called Righteous Discontent. And it is a set of beliefs holding that conformity to prescribed mainstream standards of appearance and behavior will protect a person who is part of a marginalized group, especially a black person, from prejudice and systemic injustice. In other words, you're trying to protect yourself in order to make it through the day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That good old protection, huh? And it don't work. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to give you all the information for misogynoir. So this term was coined by Moya Bailey, and she combined two words, misogynist, which is dislike or hatred, and war, which is the French word for black. So she coined this term to kind of describe what black women have to go through. (laughs) And it's basically the hatred of black women. Her research for this term started after she heard uh, Janet Mock's quote of girls like us. And she coined it because it was so general, it could, you know, it could be generalized to many different types of situations. So that was how she kind of started her research in on this journey. So I like that term because it's very specific to us. You know, I think a lot of scientific or when we talk about um, terms related to black people and or women, you know, kind of lump us all together. Mm -hmm. So I like this term specifically, excuse me, in what she came up with because it is very um, detailed to us Mm -hmm. because we experience things that are very different than a lot of other individuals. Mm -hmm. Kind of intersectionality. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who was that? Kimberly? Girl, don't even get me looking for that one. Yeah, I I think it's Kimberly Crow or something like that. But she did term that intersectionality. Mm-hmm. It's Do a great you word. Googles. Do you Googles? Yes. <laughs> no psych 101 on that one, guys. Yeah. Uh, so what we wanted to do, since we're talking about a misogynoir and respectability politics, we wanted to give you a quick rundown of the tropes and kind of how those are, you know, kind of tied to mm-hmm. misogynoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... 
we definitely want to say go back and listen to Trope Trippin' One. There will be a link in the description box so that you can go back and listen to that one so that you can get more detailed uh, about these tropes. Like we said, this is going to be a very quick, uh, fast rundown of these. Um, there are five main ones that are attributed to black women specifically. These are not in the order in which they uh, came. So again, go back and listen to Trope Trippin' <laughs> One so that you can get the order in which these were developed. But they are as follows. Uh, there is the Mammy. So this is the essentially the desexualization of black women that we are the caretakers, that mm-hmm. we are just the help. The the being ugly being fat and undesirable yeah mm-hmm. the second one is the jezebel which is the you know direct opposite of the mammy you got that jezebel spirit <laughs> <laughs> wearing red lipstick and red shoes to church Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes uh you know so this is the again the direct opposite and this is the over sexualization of black women we mm-hmm. are insatiable jungle bunnies that just cannot get enough and you know we our bodies are not our own and they can be used for whatever you know pleasures come to the mind of you know the man that's in front of us basically uh then there's a sassy black woman so this is the best friend that's neck rolling and finger snapping and you With know the quick comebacks mm-hmm, we're funny mm-hmm, and all sarcastic that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so if you needed a visual description of that the first person that comes to mind for me is like pam from uh martin, martin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or even tiffany uh haddish tiffany haddish yeah she's her every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or i was gonna say like uh maxine from living single mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or um, Jada Pinkett Smith in a low, low down, down dirty, dirty shame. shame. Yes, <laughs> peaches. Oh, yes. I love that's my that's, favorite movie, y'all. Me too. That's one of my, fa- well, yeah, my second. One of my, my favorite. Second. Yeah, I didn't leave you. I said my second. <laughs> I said one of. I was like, did, y'all didn't. We not gonna even go down that trail. But okay. <laughs> uh, she thought I left her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She knows what the favorite movie is. <laughs> we gonna review it one day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so then also the one that really gets under my skin are the next two the first is the strong black woman so Mm. this is the essentially that we can withstand all things that we are the you know the heads the forefront we are the the, resilient ones yeah we're the brunt we Uh are the backbone we are everything to our community Uh super everything to everybody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then of course probably the most (laughs) known one is the angry black woman Mm -hmm. and this is also you know in a direct opposition to the strong black woman that you know you can withstand all of this stuff but the second you start voicing your opinion you're abrasive you're overbearing you're too much you're too loud you're too anything uh so this is basically the description that we are always walking around with this frustration and this load on our back that we are just Mm -hmm. ready to kill Basically. But it only happens. Well, I don't want to say only happen, but one of the reasons why it happens is because you don't, someone does not like what we say. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to go over the tropes again, again, to just give you a kind of a general quick fire overview, but we wanted to talk to you also about kind of how these are related to massage noir. And I think it's best done by tying them to some examples Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how they show up amongst three main kind of groups. So you're typically going to see massage noir 
Now, and again, now this can be seen by any group of people, any racial group or gender. Mm -hmm. But generally for American society, you are going to see it from three main sections. You're going to see it from black men towards black women, white men towards black women, and white women towards black women. And all of these tropes are utilized as a way to promote misogyny, i.e. sexism, mm-hmm. as well as racism. Mm-hmm. So that's where the misogynoir piece comes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that intersection, as we've talked about, between uh, sexism and racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It creates a caste system based off of gender and race. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So which one do y'all want to start with? Black men towards black women. Yeah, let's just start there. Okay. So one of the first kind of ideas that I can see for misogynoir from black men towards black women is the the angry black woman. Mm-hmm. And then kind of we're bottlenecked into we don't have a way to kind of be calm that we're always having an attitude or you always got something to say, or um, they're not necessarily protecting us against other forms of misogyny Mm -hmm. and or racism when those things kind of happen. Well, I think it's because of the tropes that they fall in, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they put us in the Jezebel, the strong black woman and the sassy Mm -hmm. uh, woman and and the and the message that they learn from uh early age is that mm-hmm. uh black girls are you know they can be we can be played with mm-hmm. but they're not to be married mm-hmm. yeah have y'all ever sat back and just thought about like how weird it is that certain people that fall into this category have that disrespect and then it's like once you reach grandma age then you the most respected person in the community Mm -hmm. like you disrespected your whole life and in the last couple of years you alive didn't you respect it because you transition over into the mammy Mm -hmm. yeah you know you're their caretaker yeah Yeah. nurturer the cook the Mm -hmm. wise person you got you know but you've been her the whole time but you you've been her in external appearance but in for whatever their mind not internally Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Because you haven't always been a caretaker like grandma does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's a very personal thing. So it's, you know, internally, like within your family unit, the women in your family Mm -hmm. do not take on these, you know, these roles. You don't necessarily see your own mother or your own sister or your own, your own daughter as women that are affected by necessarily massage noir, Mm -hmm. but you can externalize and then practice and participate in it Mm -hmm. for women outside of your family unit because you know there's no personal tie and a lot of people say well I would never treat such and such (laughs) like that but then we'll literally walk out the door and be like Mm -hmm. you know f that blah 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 because they don't want to talk to you as you're you know walking into the store that reminds me of uh sex offenders they're less likely, I'm not saying it's, it's impossible, but they're less likely to molest their own child, but they will molest their stepchild or their niece or their, you know, someone outside of their home. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you you don't want to crap where you eat. Mm. That's what and they the, say. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of times, and this goes back to what we were saying in one of the previous sessions. No, you know, we have so much ingrained in us that we don't realize that we're doing certain things, and it's not until we hold a mirror up and realize, okay, hey, I need to work on this certain behavior, this certain trait that I have. And we're like, oh, okay, I have been, you know, participating in misogyny noir or, you know, whatever other toxic mm-hmm. <laughs> trait we may have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes a lot of, you know, as we obviously get older, grandma passes away. So then somebody steps up to take her place. Like mm-hmm. when we watched, um, what was the movie? with uh Nia Long. I almost said Big Mama's house, but I mean she was <laughs> yeah. in there, but that is not what we're talking about. Soul, soul food. Soul food, yeah. <laughs> like and same you know, thing. Right, I know. But when Big Mama passed away, Max stepped up mm-hmm. into that role. And yeah. so of course now she's gonna be seen different because now mm-hmm. she's in the role of Big Mama. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I think this can also show up in black men towards black women when you have you know, of course, we know this is not all black men, but you have a certain subset of black men that refuse to date or associate themselves mm-hmm. with black women. Mm-hmm. And you get the same kind of stereotypical responses about why that is your high maintenance, you know, you're you've got attitude all the time. Um, you know, you're not submissive, you know, insert the uh, whatever the reason is. But I think that's another way that that gets perpetuated on to us. Mm-hmm. Um from black men to black women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. There was um something on the tick of talks and um <laughs> by this guy called Conscious Lee. Um and definitely go follow him. He has a lot of good uh material on all social media platforms, but he presented a question to black men. Tell me why you don't date black women without talking about black women. And it was very difficult for the majority of the people that um, chose to respond. It was still all about black women. Instead of it being about your preferences and about, you know, I don't feel desired by black women or maybe I'm not their type or, you know, it was how we talked about our statements and you statements. Mm -hmm. This is one. This is a prime example of that. It was very difficult for those particular black men to keep it about them versus putting putting blame on the black woman. Mm -hmm. I can I can see that because anytime you listen to their answer to Mm -hmm. why they don't date black woman women, it's like that's not a real reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may yeah. be a real reason for you. Yeah, which it's, I get. it's definitely a reason. And you can have whatever preference preferences you want. But that would be the same thing as a black woman. I don't date black men because they lazy. I don't date black men because all they do is make kids and be baby daddies. Now, I don't agree with any of those things that I just said. Mm-hmm. But those could definitely be some black women's view of black men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is just as unhealthy yep. right and not helpful to the community at large nope not at all you know and i think that's one of the things when we um consider specifically this type of massage noir mm-hmm. you know that it's not helpful to the community at, li- at large because that's a that's an intra issue mm-hmm. you know yeah when we talk about the the next two those are inter issues mm-hmm. you know so 
And it's, there's an expectation that kind of comes along with that, Mm -hmm. you know, based on our society, we kind of know that, and again, we know not all, so let's go ahead and put that out there, (laughs) but we know that for, you know, white people that there's going to be some of them that are going to be racist towards us. And we know uh, as women that there are going to be some men that are sexist towards us. Mm -hmm. But when you combine those two individuals together and you have a, you know, a black man and you have a problem with me, we've already talked about before that when one of us messes up, it Mm -hmm. becomes a collective for all of us. Mm -hmm. So we tend to do that even within our own group Mm -hmm. that we generalize the mess up of one to all. Yeah. But see the thing about that is the mess up with a black woman is held at a different standard than the mess up of a white woman. Because I can't remember if you said this on the podcast or if we were just talking before we started Mm -hmm. recording, but black men or people can date white women and they will cut you to shreds Mm -hmm. and nobody says anything about that but we do that oh you angry oh you we we all these these queen white why you don't got your crown on Mm. why you slumming it like it's weird like i've had i'm i'm gonna throw family under the bus a little bit um (laughs) i've had people in my family who exclusively date white or hispanic women tell me i better not ever bring home anybody but anybody other than a Mm -hmm. black man Mm -hmm. and i'm like so you get to do it Mm -hmm. you get to do you what if i'm not my type's type Hmm. how about so i just gotta be about i just have to be by myself then Mm -hmm. because i'm only good enough for a black man that don't want me wow yeah and we practice this and we don't even realize that we're practicing it mm-hmm. because it's something that's so deeply ingrained in the way our society yeah. works that sometimes we say these things and we don't even recognize that we're saying them mm-hmm. or how backwards it actually is. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You know, you know, just to say something like that, that you can engage in something that I can't engage in. So you just immediately used sexism mm-hmm. and racism but it's more of an internalized because we you know we have a whole discussion about what <laughs> about black people and being racist but mm-hmm. um but you've internalized the messages of racism mm-hmm. and use them against me it's Your, a betrayal yeah and that's what i don't understand because a lot of black men are like that if if we see a black man with a white woman it's oh we can't we not we're not expected to say anything but if we are with the white man it's like oh why you you couldn't find no brother no i couldn't yeah it happens mm-hmm. right it's unfortunate you get the looks that's for sure you'll get a lot of looks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know i think one of the things that we also kind of have to keep in mind is that kind of goes along with specifically in misogynoir of black men towards black women is a lack of protection as well. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's been um, put out into the mainstream media a lot more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, regularly and frequently yeah. recently. It's a hashtag. Yeah. It is a hashtag. Um, but you do start to see this a lot. Um, unfortunately, now that social media is much bigger um, mm-hmm. than it was maybe even 10 years ago that there is a lot of disparaging. There's a lot of calling out. There's a lot of name calling in reference to black women, 
there is a lot of expectation on what our behavior should be. Mm -hmm. And and the behavior is in comparison of our European counterparts. Like that's not our personality. Mm -hmm. We would I I would like to say (laughs) I'm she gonna get it together. mm -hmm. She's gonna get it. I would like to say that for most black women, that's not it's not our personality to be meek and jovial all the time and just smile for no reason, just walking up and down the the halls and in our office that's just not our personality because first of all we've been carrying the weight on our shoulder of the world so we're thinking about a lot of stuff that is true (laughs) somebody's passionate (laughs) see see and somebody would have said that i was angry Mm -hmm. see the difference aggressive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know we talked about this before you know that goes back to i think people forget this like the whole system of slavery and racism was to divide a black family you separate Mm -hmm. them because you don't want the community it's just like in the military you want to break people down to build them back up the way you want them to Mm -hmm. and so to have the family unit intact would not have worked yes you want your quotation buck producing big strong offspring but then you don't want him staying Mm -hmm. you know later in slavery yeah he got to get a little pass and he got to go visit esther at the other plantation once a year to see her and get her pregnant again. But that was not the norm. And a lot of that still continues to where then the prize actually becomes getting to the status of a white man and in control. And with that also comes with being a, with a white woman. Mm-hmm. And then they broke it down even more. Light skinned people were in the house, dark, darker complexion people were outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because we, would have been the owner's kids most likely (laughs) yes yes yeah i think that's a good segue to kind of talk into how Mm -hmm. it shows up from white men towards black women Mm -hmm. so i was watching this video of this one woman and uh i'll send you the link so that they can put it in the description box Mm because i i thought it was great and this the video is of a light-skinned black woman Uh, she identified as black so let me go ahead and say that however i believe she is biracial but she identified as black and she's almost white passing in skin color but she has slightly kind of like that 3c hair Mm -hmm. so in her video she was talking about how she had a group of mainly white friends Mm -hmm. with a couple of black friends you saw that one yeah i saw it um and she talked a lot about how misogynoir showed up in white men Mm -hmm. and how they flowed her between the mammy and the jezebel Mm -hmm. like constantly Mm -hmm. i can see that and one of the things that she talked about was in the presence of white women she was the jezebel Mm -hmm. because she was oversexed and, you know, I, how dare, I don't want you touching me. I don't want your black on me, you know, because the white woman might not want me if she sees you being attracted to me mm-hmm. or me even being attracted to you. But out of the presence of white women, she was the mammy. She was one of the guys. She was the homie. She was, you know, the, the cool girl. Mm-hmm. And that, because they dehumanized her and desexualized her, 
that she ended up being assaulted mm. by some of the people in her friend group. Mm. Mm-hmm. And verbally attacked by a black man from the group. Mm-hmm. And when she spoke up to her friend group about it, they took her from the mammy to the angry black woman. Of course. Because who wants to acknowledge what they've done to somebody? Mm-hmm. And nobody protected her. No one. They can't, they can, the, because the first um, example she gave was the verbal attack. Mm-hmm. No, they kept allowing him to come to the functions that they had. Mm-hmm. That nobody ever even confronted him about his mm-hmm. behavior and how he treated her. Nothing. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting, you know, because, and we haven't talked necessarily about colorism or anything like that. But what I found interesting about that video is a lot of people believe like the closer you look to whiteness, Mm -mm. that it will protect you in some ways. And on top of that, just even deeper, the closer you believe you are to people as far as a relationship goes and affinity, like their love Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. The closer you think you are to people, the more that you feel they will be just Mm -hmm. that they will be protective and understanding Mm -hmm. but you are always constantly reminded you are an other yeah Mm -hmm. and you don't you don't actually fit Mm -hmm. in this group Mm -hmm. it was interesting that she was saying that the default that because one of the comments to her was that you're not like uh, you're not like everybody else. You're not like them mm-hmm. because their default is a white woman. Mm-hmm. And she was saying how black women are uh, more rational and less emotional. And, and that's what white men were telling her. And it's so interesting. I found it to be interesting that white men told her that black women are more rational, less emotional, but black men think we're more emotional and less rational. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because they're an outsider. You talking about white men? Black men are an outsider oh, to the oh, white world. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So they don't know what them white women are doing. Like, white men know what them white women are doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ironically, the whole affinity thing that you were talking about, Dr. Strickland, was something that I experienced when um, former President Barack Obama was elected by a lot of people in my town. Hmm. that's when oh okay so you were a closeted racist oh okay so you Mm -hmm. had this Mm -hmm. oh okay so that and so then when I remember making um a statement on my Facebook post and I called out like a very specific specific uh couple of people and they were like no that that's not what I meant that that's not directed to you or I said but you said it Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm black I don't, I don't know if you forgot, like my skin always been this color mm-hmm. and it was, it's like a very heartbreaking thing to be like, okay, I grew up with these people, you know, I have loved on them. They have loved on me. We've gone through different trials together. And because of my skin color, now all of this stuff is spewing out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I think I saw it more when 45 was president. <laughs> something else. <laughs> I just I almost not. made a joke, but I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> I, I refused. 45 when mm-hmm. he was there. Well, you know, he's still president. 
We're not doing that. Do not make me vomit on <laughs> We're this not mic. doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what did you see? Like, what did you notice was different? Well, <laughs> I had a particular person on my Facebook page who, so when George Floyd was murdered, um, you know, how everybody was trying to post about him having a past and supposedly, you know, allegedly um, sexually assaulting or robbing a, a some young lady mm-hmm. or whatnot. And then I even had someone on my, that was African-American that came on my page. But you remember, the, I can't remember the young lady's name, but she had a, a post about the uh, Monopoly money. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was a video. Of the yeah. Was, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so and I, I reposted it on my Facebook page mm-hmm. and I got a phone call from an African-American person. But see, she want out. She can't pass because, you know, she's not passing, but she wants to be. Mm-hmm. And and so I was she was like, I can't believe you reposted that. Why wouldn't I repost it? She was like, because you have a business and you are a therapist. I said, first of all, I had to calm down. <laughs> and I had to make a phone call because I wasn't going to keep texting you because I needed you to hear my tone. Yeah. And I had to get her right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, definitely uh, we haven't hit on that, but we can, as black women, um, engage in it towards each other yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree to that one. Because mm-hmm. kinda... if, if not, we wouldn't have the Candace Owens. Yes. Absolutely. Y'all d- Dr. Jones Hines and sat on back in her chair. She just done. She disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't with that. that what? Yes. Uh, you know, and I want to definitely make sure that we understand that we can, we do it to each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is not necessarily just a, a black man, white man, white woman issue. We engage in this as well mm-hmm. with one another. You're just more primarily going to see it from those three um individ- individual groups mm-hmm. uh towards black women. Yeah. How else have y'all seen you know white men towards black women misogynoir? Um we are often fetishized. Mm-hmm. Um our booties, our breasts, our lips, our hips. I mean just look at the plastic surgery situation right now. In fact, I know we aren't specifically discussing uh white women uh but me and my bestie went to um a local spot and this girl was slapping her on the butt talking about i don't know why you single Mm. got on a full blonde wig done had a bbl done oh wow she got injections she didn't had cheap like she looked like almost a light-skinned black woman oh wow she had wow. tanned. I was like, oh, okay. This what going on. She didn't touch me because I y'all know. Your face says leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and my aura. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just like, she ain't coming over here. But you know, my my bestie, she just bubbly. Bubbly, bubbly, bubbly. Mm-hmm. Um, but is I see that a lot and also because of, you know, my brothers who they choose to date. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot. And then the fetishizing from uh, white men. And mm-hmm. you know what? I think <laughs> I think that even well, with my experience, I have even experienced gay white men sexualizing me. Yes, I. So I used to live in a certain area and my neighbor was a gay white man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He invited me to come to a club okay. and they were, you know, doing their little thing and whatever. So I was like, all right, cool, I'll go. So we gets in here, 
and we, you know, chilling, dancing and stuff like that. This dude goes with both hands on the twins. Oh, wow. Not on the hairs on the 20 twin twins. Y'all, I grabbed it before. I, I, <laughs> dude, yo, both of your hands about to be broke. What it what? What mm, you just do? Because mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. Mm, well, I'm not going to be molested in my adult life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not on purpose. Well, well, yeah. No. I think that part of that massage noir, I think this is an overall, but specifically white individuals, because I think this happens with white women as well, is a lack of personhood. Mm-hmm. You know, that we are reduced to bodies mm-hmm. and we are not people. Yeah. Parts so, of a whole mm-hmm. little gestalt. Yeah. So that I have, of course, I have the right to touch your body because you're not that deeply ingrained and people don't believe that they hold these ideas, but they really do. They really do. Um, that you're not a person. And sometimes people un- forget that just because they fall within another marginalized community. Mm-hmm. Yep that they are absolved from being a part of yeah. <laughs> the isms. Yeah. And, but the thing is they put us clump us all in it together. No, we're not in, we're not in this together. Okay. <laughs> so stop it. Yeah. Like yeah. we can be allies for each other, but each of us has a very different journey or struggle or however you want to phrase that. And so there needs to be some respect to that. I think another thing along that same line is, they always want to touch our hair sir did i give you consent to touch me mm-hmm. i don't know why that's such a hard thing i don't just walk up and run my hands and fingers through your straight glassy hair i don't mm-hmm. you know like i don't do that i don't go and rub my hand on the top of an asian guy's hair because it feels like cool and stuff like i don't do that yeah. Like I need to have a relationship with you to be able to touch your person in the first place. And then I'm still going to ask you, we've been friends for years. I'm not just going to dig my hand in your bun today. Yeah. First of all, you probably took you a while to put it up there. Don't nobody want to be <laughs> man doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, in what world do you think it's okay for you to just touch me the way you want to touch me? If I go up and kick you in your gonads, Ooh, You're not going to like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy it, but you ain't going to like it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, I don't understand like where your bound, where, why, why you don't think I have boundaries? Well, I think it goes again, back to that lack of personhood, you know, when you've been reduced to an object and that was, mm-hmm. you know, if we take it back to slavery, the blocks. Yeah. You were an object. You were not, you were a piece of property and we've talked about generational trauma and Mm -hmm. how that is passed down and through your DNA, that same um, mentality gets passed Mm -hmm. down through your DNA. Master mentality and slave mentality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This goes back to, I'm sorry, I cannot think of the name of the session where we were um, describing how, Oh, I don't know if I described it or not, but, um, Dr. Uh, Guir was talking in a video about a, she was looking at a picture of a, a young white girl after um, they had lynched this man mm-hmm. and how she was smiling and all yeah. of the people in the picture looked jovial. 
And what she was talking about in that picture was like this, this man was dehumanized. Like he was worse. He was lower than an animal. Like these people are actually celebrating and happy and no one is mortified. No one is scared. No one is, you know, like, Oh my God, like we just burned this man chopped, you know, they had, you know, dismembered him and, you know, burned them and everything. And no one had what was batting an eye. Everyone in this picture looked calm, cool, and collected. What level of evil do you have to be to be okay with that? Oh, and oh. watch it several levels. Because that grosses me out. I don't care right. what you've done to me. I don't want to see that type of stuff. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not even in, mo- like I, y'all gonna take my, I guess my black card away. I have never seen Roots all the way through. I can't, I can't watch it. It's just too much. We are not a monolith. We're not taking black cards <laughs> because you haven't watched a traumatizing movie. I just, mm-hmm. mm-mm. yes, I don't. Yeah. But just to kind of, you know, comment on your point is that, you know, that man there were, he was not seen as a person. Mm-hmm. So the same way that, that trauma is passed down through your DNA, that mm-hmm. type of mentality of you are not a being of this world, that you are lower than an animal yeah. that and, is passed down. And then it gets, um, watered down covert. Yeah. It gets more covert and it's mm-hmm. been watered down over the years, but the still the, the, the bud, the beginnings mm-hmm. of that thought is still there. Well, what I guess I don't understand is where do you have the, where do you get off having the right to dehumanize anybody? They took it. Because you don't, I understand what you're saying, but, but you don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in. Mm-hmm. But wow. now we getting deep. We, we about to hit rabbit, rabbit hole Come here. back y'all. Okay. <laughs> Cause I was we like, on the precipice. Come back. Yeah. I was like, hold on. We about to. Not the precipice. Yeah. That's, a, diff- to, that's a different. Yeah, we about to take a left turn somewhere. <laughs> but you know, I, w- I felt it. <laughs> when I was younger, uh, my grandfather was raised in Franklin, Tennessee. And if anybody knows anything about that, it's very close to where the Grand Wizard once was at the Ku Klux Klan. And so, you know, the way he grew up in Franklin, Tennessee in the 20s and 30s and all that, it, you know, it looked different. Mm-hmm. But I remember him being very particular about certain words that I use me knowing the history of it. And one just jogged my mind when you said about them surrounding the black body swinging from the poplar tree, shout out to Billy holiday, um, was he never allowed us to say picnic Mm. because picnic is derived from pick a ninja. Mm -hmm. We're going to edit that, but put in the other word Mm -hmm. and so he never allowed us to to use that word because of that and because that that scene that you saw Mm -hmm. would have been a picnic Mm -hmm. they they found some any person normally the most docile person they can find walking alone and they string them up and do all kind of stuff and sodomize them and just do all kind of things to to that black person yeah so when you have that for generations and generations and generations, and then, you know, you try to slowly undo that, you get, you know, situations where you were talking about with that young man at the club mm-hmm. where you don't believe that you still, be, you know, that you still engage in these things, but they are so deeply rooted in American culture that it's almost hard to separate yourself from them. It is American culture. Yeah. That you are, you can still be a misogynist and be gay. Mm -hmm. You know, you can still be a racist and be gay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or have black friends. 
or black children. Well, and you know, the thing about that is, I, you know, <laughs> that's one of the half black children. Let me, okay. say that. Let me get a little bit more correct with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing that I don't understand how when white people say, well, I have black friends. Well, slave masters own black people. That didn't mean they liked them. And they mm-hmm. had some love for them, but they, that didn't stop them from doing the things that they were doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that also kind of plays into that. Mm, that's more of a racism not necessarily massage noir Mm -hmm. but i do think you know that that can be used for white women towards you know and how they can engage in massage noir Mm -hmm. is that it makes it okay for me to say certain things Mm -hmm. because i have black friends because i'm i have a black boyfriend hunty hunty just because you got a black boyfriend don't mean you like black people you just like black pee there you go oh i like that edit y'all <laughs> you know uh so i think that that's a good segue into kind of how white women can show massage noir towards um black women mm-hmm. so i would definitely start off with um i think this is, can be of course white people towards black people or even you know any other um b- what is that by poc be BIPOC. BIPOC. Um, but I think that can be, you know, shown for any racial group towards black people. However, since we're specifically talking about this one, um, you know, saying that I have black friends or I have black girlfriends that that, you know, hey, girl, hey, girl, hey, what's up, friend? Yeah. Hey, come on, be. queen. You get mm. you But know. you know what? When I have people do that and they give me that excuse, I tell them then do better. Because you're not representing your black friends very well. Mm-hmm. Or if I, I've had, you know, people say that, that I knew and they were my friend. I'm like, well, you ain't representing me. Because your representation looked like trash. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I be wanting people to get mad. Please get mad. Please. Uh, well, slave masters had black people, like, had black people in their life too. Ma'am. Did, you supposed to be working on your fight. I know. Okay. But this topic <laughs> makes me ready. mad. I'm telling you, we on the precipice of going a whole nother direction. Guys. <laughs> We're trying to pull her back. Uh, but the other thing that I would say on how white women show massage noir is that. So I've read a lot of studies and things like that on how for, again, this is some asterisk guys. Some uh, white women will prioritize whiteness over womanness. Look at the polls. Mm-hmm. Because that's who they white supremacists with heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's who dug out the previous election. Like there was a astronomical amount of um, women who showed up to the polls to lead forty five into his win. It wasn't. Yep. It wasn't that other people didn't show up in great numbers because that's not what, you know, the poll showed. It was actually white women that won that race. Mm-hmm. They uphold racism. They mm-hmm. also don't realize how much up under the misogyny that they are also. Mm-hmm. They are the tool to, yep. you know, can perpetuate it onto mm-hmm. others. Which is exactly where I was going. That's why I liked this video so much of that woman. Uh, Cause she really broke down how these things can kind of play mm-hmm. out um, in a familiar relationship. Cause another one of the stories that she was talking about was they were, you know, kind of at some function 
And they went to a party, a house party. She was invited to a house party. Yeah, she was invited to a house party. And one of the guys that was there, she had never met this dude before. And she didn't really know all of the people really well at that time yet. But she was, you know, fairly close to a, a few of the ladies. Mm-hmm. And the guy that was at the party was racist. I mean, he was, um, now surprisingly, this man was Jewish. Um, but... You the know, conundrum. Yes, but he was <laughs> being very racist and saying very, you know, kind of prejudice and borderline kind of things. Ugh. So then they go to uh like this club or whatnot, and there's another there's a white woman there, and I guess she's getting belligerent or whatnot, and they the man says something to the the woman, um, and calls her oh, that's what it was, was a bridal shower or bridal party so the um they were kind of hanging out with this bridal party but then the bride i guess got upset about it and was like hey can y'all leave like you know Mm -hmm. i don't want y'all part of my thing so then that man calls her a b of course but then the whole time when this man was being racist towards her her friends didn't say anything but the second that he called this woman a b they jumped all over him Mm mm-hmm and they were holding him accountable saying he shouldn't say that and all this kind of stuff. And it just kind of left her stunned because like, wait, hold on this whole time. He was being racist towards me. You guys are just oblivious and nobody says anything. But the second that he calls her, you know, a B it's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's why when you um, invite black people out, we normally say who all over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause yes. I need to know what type of me I got to be. Mm. you know i do mm. i have to come in my boots my combat boots can i be you know barefoot and friends fancy free you know foot loose yeah. but you know you just have to be so many different things and it's tiring i don't go nowhere with a whole lot of white people <laughs> i cannot i don't Doctor Jones. <laughs> i do not we no, gonna we... duct tape in a minute, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, we not. She might be in it. That never. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a few of them, or I got to have a crew because you if... need some type of barrier yeah, protection need... or something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because if not, like we paranoid the same way. You know, you see the stereotypes of like white men and women you know clutching their wallets and purses or getting away from black people like we just as terrified as of y'all i clutch my fist but we actually have more reason because we're not the violent ones we're not the one terrorizing the until now if you don't get your life (laughs) together y'all i'm about to put in the corner okay she acting up she really is Y'all know y'all knew this topic was gonna piss me off. Rodney, come get your wife. Yes, Lord. She needs you in other ways that we can't help her with. Okay. okay. She gonna, we're gonna have to edit out a whole section of her. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> yes. But the Caucasian uh individuals of the female persuasion, um, you know, I think one of the other ways is not believing us. Mm-hmm. Um, is another way that they participate in massage noir and you know that can kind of be demonstrated in you know telling us that something isn't as bad as we thought we're making a big deal out of it we're being too sensitive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you know just let it go you know and again this is about upholding um misogyny mm-hmm. because upholding it's funny because 
you know, we talk about the default being white women, when in reality, the default is actually white men. Yep, it is. That, that every, is true. you know, everything white Protestant men. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that everything as far as our culture is concerned is based off how it will be seen and experienced um, and accepted by white men. And everyone falls under that umbrella to fall in line, basically. I can't say nothing nice, so I'm not going to say anything at all. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I just think it was funny that, you know, kind of how we believed that the default was that. But when it in reality, it's not Mm -hmm. because, you know, as we've kind of noted that the point is to uphold misogyny. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but all of us do that because it's about making that individual comfortable so that we kind of dim ourselves. Well, you know, they dim themselves, you know, and then everybody Mm -hmm. else dims us. Mm -hmm. So we don't even get a chance to do it if we wanted to, because everybody else is doing it for us. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. No I also stuff. think that, you know, uh, white women towards is specifically on this particular type of misogynoir um, that I think white women um, sexualize us as well. Mm-hmm. I think they they want to see us as the mammy. But they they enjoy our curves. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they definitely back in the day benefited from us being the mammy. Like they mm-hmm. all they had to do was push the baby out and then we took care of everything else. We were the wet nurse, we were the cook, mm-hmm. we were the yeah, plaything. Yeah, but I think it was okay to that that they saw, yes, you mm-hmm. can part, you can play that role, mm-hmm. but I still believe that their first idea about us was the Jezebel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think for I think they're jealous of our shapes, but they want it because they sure try to get it. Well, I mean, I think some people are. I think because that's what's in right now is, you know, voluptuous, you know, but clearly a few decades ago it was real thin. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. just beauty standards depending on the time. And I think people are so focused on what they are not that they miss their beauty is beautiful too unfortunately very true yeah but man this stuff is deep ain't it you know and this is really just kind of scratching the surface you know you can really dive into this a lot more um and we do not have the time to get that deep in but you know i think it's something to keep in mind on how ingrained all of these ideas are and that you are not immune to them mm-hmm. that even if you are quote unquote woke i don't even know if people still say woke anymore but you know if you call yourself being aware and you know understanding of all of these different intersections and all the different how you can be a double triple quadruple minority and all of these different things that you are still not released from participating in these things Mm -hmm. you know it's very easily to you know be a colorist yeah which is that's another layer of kind of how we Mm -hmm. um demonstrate massage noir i think i used to be a colorist because i used to not like 
dating light skinned men because I, I thought, and but it wasn't because of their, well, it was because I thought that they thought they were pretty. And <laughs> I was like, I don't like pretty boys. Hmm. But that's interesting. I know a lot of, you know, lighter skinned women, black women who only date super, super dark black men. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell her business, but somebody in my family like her men to be so black, you only see their eyeballs in the dark. Like that level. I ain't going to call nobody name out or nothing. Black and a beard is sweeter than They juice. know who they are. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another level that plays into massage noir. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to be honest, and this is something that I have actually thought about in reference to the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, if we, not if, excuse me, when, Fix uh, it. Mm-hmm. Fix it, Jesus. When we become much more visible, that we're three light-skinned women. Yeah. You know, that's something I've thought about several times, actually. And what are the visuals of that? You know, mm-hmm. what is the assumption? Because we're, you know, three light-skinned women um, on a show. It's going to be a bunch of stereotypes. Uh-huh. A bunch of stereotypes about who we are, what we believe we are, you know, our credentials, all those kinds of things. You know, I have thought about that and how uh, colorism will play to our advantage mm-hmm. because of the privilege that comes with being um, a light-skinned black person in mm-hmm. America. Because there is privilege. Don't try to, nobody act like it's not. There is some privilege. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that's like, if you can't acknowledge that, then I, I don't even know what you're, do- what you're doing. Yeah. Um and just from the three of us, there's several levels of privilege that we mm-hmm. have, you know, that we kind of have to acknowledge educational privilege, light skin privilege. Uh, you have pretty pli- privilege. You have, you know, there's so many different, yeah. um, you have, you know, texturism. I mean, there's so many different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not to say that this is something that we're proud of. No. It's just an acknowledgement of, mm-hmm. but you know, colorism is an advantage to light-skinned people but a disadvantage to dark-skinned people Mm -hmm. and i think specifically when we're talking about massage noir in the colorism realm that dark-skinned black women face some of the harshest forms of massage noir Mm -hmm. Um, because unfortunately a lot of dark-skinned black women are considered to be much more masculine Mm -hmm. Um, they are attributed with um, you know, types of attributes that are not given to stereotypically to light-skinned women because light-skinned women are generally considered to be closer to being white. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, darker-skinned women are more sexualized as well. Yeah. Yes, very much so. You know, um, often you, you see it going from you know lighter complected women to darker complected women but um ironically um not towards me or anything like that I've also seen darker complected women having some colorism about different things and it normally comes up with you know like who a man chooses to marry oh she not black enough or she not this or she not that I've I've heard people say that like um uh what's the what's that man name ludicrous wife is not black i said well how much more african do she need to be 
Okay. She from Gabon. Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is you know, I, I get the why. I totally get it. You know, kind of like what we were talking about. You want to be desired. You want them to be with somebody that looks like you look. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely get that. But it's so ironic because it's coming from somebody that's not even like super dark either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this kind of goes into when we were talking earlier about as black women, we can also participate in mm-hmm. massage noir. And if it's going to be something that we participate in, it's most likely going to be in this format uh-huh, to the downfall of our sister. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of, I mean, this kind of also ties back into slavery as well, you know, and mm-hmm. what, it, you know, and we're not going to go into a huge tangent on, you know, house versus field and all these kinds of things, but like it's a competition. Right. But again, when we talk about generational trauma and how these things mm-hmm. over the generations, get ingrained into our DNA Mm -hmm. this stuff is very hard to work out because it requires specific intent to be able to do that Mm -hmm. if y'all have never seen the movie school days um there is a great scene in there between um the two light skin and dark skin factions on the campus it's a whole dance sequence it's a spike lee film so you know they be doing a lot of stuff but um they go talking about good and bad hair whether you're light or what is it good and bad hair. i can't remember but the point is in that scene they go down the line about all these attributes and what it looks like to be fair skin what it looks like to be dark skin you have your fair skin people who are in this movie traditionally in sororities and fraternities and then you have the the darker complected people who are activists and on the ground making things happen and it 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 shows you the pitting against when in all actuality we're on the same side Mm-hmm. when we talk about massage noir especially you know there was recently um excuse me massage noir against uh, from a colorism standpoint that um Colin Kaepernick recently wrote a book Mm. and on the cover of this book is a uh, dark-skinned black woman Mm -hmm. it's a cartoon depiction Mm -hmm. but it just kind of called into question that when we talk about the like masculinization of dark-skinned women that um unfortunately women of this complexion are usually put as the the leaders of the fight against Mm-hmm. So when you go back and look at pictures um, from like civil rights times or any type of mm-hmm. fight for some rights, you very rarely see light skinned black women at the forefront mm-hmm. of these um, issues. I can only think of one. Mm-hmm. Angela Davis off the I top just, of my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are others. But yes. That's the first one that popped up. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is not to say that there are not. Yeah. But you will generally see. um dark skinned black women portrayed in the media as the the leaders of the our people mm-hmm. and even with kind of all of the like Flando Castile and you know um all those types of um police um brutality slash murder cases when you go back and look at the images that are portrayed in the media there's one in particular of a, a, a darker skinned black woman like walking and standing up into the face of a um, police officer mm-hmm. and that image was blasted everywhere so you know i think that continues to 
play into that idea of the strong black woman and then how you were able to withstand and take all of these things. But where when we talk about intersectionality, it specifically um, is to the detriment of dark skinned black women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, when we have that, those types of images like that, it makes people it makes us a target because mm-hmm. it makes them it makes it easier for them to dehumanize us to make it seem like we can handle anything that's why we are put through everything and it's just mm-hmm. it it makes it i don't want to say unbearable but it makes it more difficult mm-hmm. for and us to survive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, so that's why we were saying a little bit earlier guys there's layers you know this is a very complex issue and there's no way for us to address all of these things within an hour or hour and a half or however we end up you know long we end up going on this but you know it's something that we wanted to definitely give you some information about as a springboard for you to go and do your own research, dive in a little bit deeper about these topics, because if you are a black woman, black man, or if we have any of our uh, white counterparts listening as well, you know, this is where you can start looking at what in the world do I do? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I stop participating or how do I become more aware? Cause it's going to be hard to stop participating in these things, mm-hmm. but how do I become more aware when I am participating? What can I do to engage in healthier dialogue, healthier behaviors, you know, healthier choices, things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with that said, what do y'all think? What in the world can people do? Well, I think one of the things is to educate yourself. Like, mm-hmm. Listen to the stories of black women and listen to it in a way that you're making space for her and not a place where you're becoming defensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no need to argue about her experience, regardless of if it hits a nerve with you or not. It's what she has endured. Um, and she's probably not even talking about you. She's talking about herself. And don't don't make her feel like she has to do some emotional laboring for you she shouldn't have to suppress her emotion who she is passionate about or things like that she should be able to or we should be able now it's not like I'm we not black but we should be (laughs) able to um you know share how we need to share whether it comes out in a passionate way an angry way a, a venting way it's not you have to understand that it's not not necessarily directed at you. Yeah. For our, you know, black men, interns who date black women, you know, oftentimes we hear, um, I want my woman to be my peace, but are you being her peace? Mm-hmm. Are you making space for her to be able to vent or does mm-hmm. she have to still act like, cause like, one of the things that we definitely try to do as black women when we get married is allow our husbands to go out and work and face the world, but then come home to a peaceful home. But are you doing the same thing? Like Dr. Uh, I'm going to say Dr. Strickland, Dr. Wall <laughs> just said, are you allowing her to go out in the world and, and do what she has to do and come into a peaceful home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would add on to that, you know, take a look at how you've internalized white supremacy Mm-hmm. because if you grew up in American society, pretty much all of us have Yep, mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form, whether it is, um, 
you know, classism, Mm -hmm. whether that or elitism, uh, whether that's racism, sexism, ageism, uh, ableism, all the isms, isms, (laughs) you know, a lot of these things are steeped in white supremacy and um, definitely I would probably say sexism starts at the, you know, is the, Mm -hmm. is the trickle down Mm -hmm. from that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but how have you internalized these messages? What are, what is the stuff that you're consuming? You know, you are what you consume, just like we used to say, you are what you eat, you are what you consume. Mm -hmm. So if you consume material that is, um, look at like promotional material, look at how movie posters, I can think of one specifically, there was this movie called good boys, good boys. And on this movie poster, it's two little white boys and one black boy under the O's. The, yep. the white boys are under the O's, so it looks like a halo. And the black boy is under, I can't remember what letter he's under, but it makes it, but he has little horns coming off the Isn't top of it. Is it the Y? Is it the Y? He's under the Y and it makes it look like he has horns coming off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. These are the things that help you. Again, these are subliminal messages that help you internalize white supremacy and, you know, how Mm -hmm. this is being fed to us. So you have to be much more critical. Go back and listen to our episode about discernment. You have to be able to discern what you're seeing, what you're hearing um, and what you're consuming just in a general kind of sense Mm -hmm. on how this stuff is getting into me and then how I in turn spew that back out. Yeah. Prime example, you know, when you're thinking about the cartoons, uh, we mentioned a few sessions back, um, what color is Ursula? What -hmm. color is Scar? What color is Jafar? Like, these are intentional things, Mm y'all. And even when you look at movies like uh, New Jack City, even though it was a great movie, Mm -hmm. but Hmm. when... Dark skin, light skin. And when Nino Brown was like he the the woman in the movie was you know his girlfriend i guess was crying and very tearful and he poured uh some sort of alcohol on her and was like cancel this b i'll find me another one i can't remember the direct quote mm-hmm. but it was something related to that yeah like vanessa that, williams yeah i couldn't remember the dark who. complected vanessa williams is is two of them y'all Mm-mm, he was doing that to michael michelle oh in that yes. part Yes. Well, that's yeah, her can, that's her real name, Michael Michelle. But yeah, I don't I can't remember what her her name is in the movie though. It mm-hmm. don't matter. Yeah, but he did I mean, but still that's him, you know, showing how to treat black women. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's an uh that would be a that would have been a good breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's an example it. of massage noir. Mm-hmm. Um But it's rough. We we couldn't do that when y'all my spirit. Yeah, that's a rough movie. Mm-hmm. Let us know if y'all want us to do it later though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. And then another uh, way that I would just say black men can step up <laughs> is to step up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Call other men out on their behavior. Accountability. You know? uh, yes. yes. And then ask basic, basic questions like, why would you say something like that? And what do you mean she's not good enough or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. She has an attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me the receipts. Mm-hmm. How are you mm-hmm. defining that? Mm-hmm. And then separate yourself from that type of behavior and that type of conversation. Yep. Yes, you might lose some people. Yeah, but don't it's be okay. a willing participant either. 
Right. Mm hmm. Okay. So then we've talked about, you know, our men folk mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as us ladies. What can we do? I mean, I definitely think it's important to, you know, set boundaries and, you know, for your conditions of treatment. Like, I think that's something that we often don't do because we're trying to keep the peace or to lessen ourselves. But some things just don't go. True. And I would say for like woman to woman interaction, understand the difference between passion and aggression. Yes. And you don't have to like it. Mm -hmm. Right. At all. Yeah. This, that makes me think of, um, the, it's just a job, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. session. So also I would say, go back and listen to that one. Cause there's a lot of misogynoir that's mm-hmm. steeped in that session. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I thought about that when we were like doing our research, I was like, Oh Lord, that's exactly what mm-hmm. was happening uh, at, at the job that shall remain unnamed. But just what you were saying there, learn the difference between passion and aggression. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that happens to black women a lot is I can't read you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Are you okay? Why don't you smile? Use your words and then you won't have to read me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So, and then just kind of, again, our tone of voice, whether we're speaking loudly or Mm -hmm. if we're a little bit more animated, Mm -hmm. you know, just hearing that, you know, is a trigger. Mm-hmm. She she going back, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Because I definitely want to call this person out heavy, but, you know, I'll be professional. But I agree with Dr. Jones. I'm mm-hmm. just going to leave it at that. <laughs> also, but, also something that we can do is to be intentional about the space we hold in these different situations. Mm-hmm. Like, take up all your space. Yeah. Don't shrink. Yes don't shrink and be okay with using your voice to kind of go with mm-hmm. what Dr. Wild was just saying be okay with using your voice you have an opinion and you have the right to share your opinion whether or not people like it or not it doesn't matter you have an opinion mm-hmm. absolutely I agree and then one of the other things that I would say is pay attention to kind of what you feel you know we've talked about this before in various other sessions but if you're not paying attention to energy and I'm not going to go down the road of energy, but <laughs> I'm just going to say, you know, we are very good at picking up vibes. You have intuition. You have a gut reaction for a reason. Pay attention to that. If you're feeling uncomfortable with somebody, if either you're feeling objectified or you're feeling misheard or you're feeling dismissed, uh, you know, you have that feeling existing because something is alerting to alerting you that something's going awry. Don't feel like you have to push that feeling down that you have to gaslight yourself. Cause please understand you can gaslight yourself. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't come from other people that you have to, you know, convince yourself that what you're experiencing is not real that it is okay for you to feel and recognize that, yes, this person is saying this to me, this person is doing this to me, and that I have the right to be able to speak on it. Yeah. So talking about speaking on it, (laughs) I think that leads into something that happens with a lot of us if we were going to kind of expand this idea out a little bit broader Mm -hmm. um, from just necessarily massage noir, but um, 
respectability, mm-hmm. you know, and that f- feeling like you can't take up space and that you have to present a certain way. Yep. Um, like I said, again, I think this is a broader issue, not necessarily specific to black women. Um, and it's not necessarily specific to black people, but we are talking about, you know, us right now. So we're going to keep it about that. Mm-hmm. So when we think about kind of respectability, uh, politics one of the biggest things that comes to mind for me is code switching mm-hmm. uh, and for those that don't know what code switching is trust me you've done it and you probably <laughs> don't even realize that you've done it mm-hmm. a lot of people call this your white people voice or your telephone voice. or your telephone voice good morning thank you for calling how may i help you today uh-huh <laughs> but all of a sudden when you get outside with your friends like girl guess what happened today you know, it's just that whole, even the way we speak. Yeah. You know, just how we speak on the podcast. You know, I try to be as similar with my clients as I, <laughs> as I am on the podcast. But, you know, just realizing that you have a professional voice versus a, you know, a home, a home voice. Mm-hmm. And how you switch your behavior up based off who you're around and where you are. So you may be more relaxed and laid back in a particular setting, like at home or with your friends hanging out. But if you go to an office and you're sitting and you're, you know, inquiring about a loan, you may sit a little bit more straight. You may, you know, present yourself in a much more um, direct, Mm -hmm. you know, um, professional kind of manner Mm -hmm. that it serves a purpose for you. Yeah. It's similar to what we were talking about earlier, you know, the etiquette of, you know, being pulled over. You become a whole other person, you know, because the goal is to get home. Yeah. It's I can't I can't be Nichelle if I get pulled over. I have to be Dr. Nichelle Monique Wall. Um, I need to put my keys on the dash like a military person. Like I I, it's a whole Mm -hmm. protocol. Like if y'all go in my car right now. All of my documents are in a sheet protector and I literally hand the sheet protector to the officer. I keep my hands on 10 and 2. I give my, all my cards because mm-hmm. I got more than one card I have to give them, you know, in the state of Texas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it is that is another realm of respectability politics. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that also kind of goes with that, um, like work, uh, you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. Mm-hmm. Shout out to daddy Pope. Yes. <laughs> you know, and again, this is that whole idea of trying to be out that idea that we're lazy, that we don't, um, you know, that we don't do anything, but no, we're great. And we know we're great, mm-hmm. but we're trying to prove to you that we're great. I'm valuable and I'm worth something. Mm-hmm. Even though you clearly already know that. Yes. If you don't believe me, study the migration of black people after slavery and it'll tell you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. I'm about to dive into that mm-hmm. a little bit. Cause the South almost collapsed. Oh, for oh, girl. <laughs> oh, I mean that that's even Europe. 
like the the Moors went to Europe to rebuild them. That but, part I know. I know we that's a digression. So y'all should <laughs> see the way we looking at her. Like don't do it. She about to get that that. <laughs> <laughs> she was pulling that string, guys. She was ready to go. <laughs> y'all y'all notice I've been a little bit more silent because uh-huh. I was like I can't talk about it because then I get passionate and then you know. <laughs> She's screaming we, at the interns. We love it. We love it. Y'all let us know if y'all want more, more subjects like this. <laughs> Please like, say no. Because y'all like, know look, I'm going to act a fool. Like, look, we want y'all to be real. Y'all, we've had this on the books for months. And we still was trying not to do it. <laughs> yes. Because this is a hard one. Because it's yeah. something that's very personal to all three of us. Because as mm-hmm. you all know, we are black women. Um, so this affects us personally. Mm-hmm. Um And so sometimes it's difficult to kind of keep that hat on Mm -hmm. because you want to still be professional and we want to present you with, you know, information that is beneficial to you um, to use in your daily life. But we cannot forget that we are uh, women first. Mm -hmm. We are black women uh, first and we experience these things daily. We experience it from our clients. Mm We experience it from, you know, people that we deal with professionally. Mm -hmm. We experience it at the store, you know, and we've probably on some level experienced it within our own relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes it's hard to keep that separate in a setting like this. Yeah. Yeah. So we're engaging in respectability politics right now. (laughs) Halfway. (laughs) Well, two of us are. Yep. <laughs> I, I no, no. I mean, she did about I say a cool sixty five. <laughs> That's about thirty five percent. We was like eyeballing. We was the eyeball emojis at her guy. Yeah, we was. They was like, don't say it, don't say it. It's like Lafanya, <laughs> not Doctor Jones Hines. No, it was about to be funny. Yeah, it's like I'm calling you your mommy and daddy. Get it together. <laughs> But we love it, though. It's about <laughs> balance. It is. It's about balance. Uh, so if we were going to round this out, kind of talking about, you know, kind of respectability politics, you know, what would you say has been, um, excuse me, how do you think guys think that engaging in that serves and hurts black women specifically since we were talking about misogynoir? Um, Because you want to be the good black person. Um, you You try to be the token it's not that you want to necessarily be that, but you know, a lot of time in white spaces, there's only room for one and you want to try to be the best representation of that so that you get the job, so that you get the loan, so that you get the promotion. Um, but it also, it leaves a residue on your soul. Mm-hmm. I think for, and I'll just speak for me. I think mm-hmm. for me, it goes against what I, my morals and values. So it makes me feel like I'm not being true to myself, Mm -hmm. but because there are only uh, minimal percentage of us in this field, I know I have to present myself in a certain way to make sure one, we're serving our community um, well, Mm -hmm. and we're representing since we all are collective seemingly we are representing (laughs) black businesses and black women business owner Mm -hmm. um correctly or not correctly but efficiently (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know 
And so that we can have positive relationships with other people in the community, whether they're business owners or clients and things of that nature. So it is diff for me, it's difficult because I feel at times I try not to do it much, but I know obviously I have to, but it's difficult because I feel like I'm not being authentic and I, I try to thrive on being authentic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say for myself, how it has been, how it has served me is it's given me access to people that I probably would have not normally had access to had I not Mm -hmm. um, behaved in the way that I did. Um, You know, learning, you know, a specific type of lingo, Mm -hmm. you know, learning certain types of words, you know, gives you a visual advantage, whether it gives you an actual advantage, Mm -hmm. I can't say but it gives you a visual advantage. So I will definitely say it's served me that it's given me access to, um, you know, certain types of people because you seem much more easygoing. You're, you know, you're not like the other ones. Um, <laughs> even though I know that that's cringeworthy again, like you ladies to my soul, mm-hmm. but I know, mm, you know, it's one of them, you got to do what you got to do kind of things. You know, if I want to be somewhere, if I want to achieve certain things, and I know that this type of individual is the path to get me there, because I, um, just because of the way that, and this is no slight to anybody, you know, in my family, but we just don't have connections like that. You know what I'm saying? We don't have um, generational you know, family connections where mm-hmm. it's just, Hey, go talk to, you know, go talk yeah. to a uh, bill and he'll, he'll get you on yeah. behind they, the gun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have to forge these paths on your own. So if that means, and it feels like selling out, mm-hmm. you know, if you got to put on the smile and it, as like they would say, shuck and jive, but I know that you are a means to an end. I know that you teaching me this information will get me to the level that I need to be. So then I can be in a space to mm-hmm. help the people that I actually want to help. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I got you. So, you know, one it's a double edge, mm-hmm. one thing that, um, before we get up off of here that I think we definitely, definitely need to talk about, which touches on respectability politics and massage noir is, the high value man. <laughs> I was trying to avoid that. I've been trying to avoid this topic. Nope. Like seriously, I've been trying to avoid this topic because it now, just irks my soul. I'm taking a time out. I'll let y'all talk. <laughs> this topic irks yeah. my soul. So for our interns, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, there has been a recent uproar in the last, you know, few months because of an individual named Kevin Samuels. Um, I don't know if he necessarily coined this term, but he's the one that's most associated with it right now. Came up with this term, high value man. Um, and it, it is based off of whatever you come up with in reality. But mm-hmm. the way it is used is actually to demean and to diminish 
a woman. Like if you want a high value man, then you need to do this. You can't have no kids. You have to be this shape. You have to be this size, this complexion, your own hair. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's very much giving me creep vibes. I wanted to call his show. You, you should have. Oh, my husband wants me to. Oh, well, really? look, really? he said yes. He said he good with it. Make sure you film it. Oh, girl, most definitely. Ooh, you gonna eat that man up? Don't do that. Talking about don't facts. Do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you having no health problems because you done <laughs> went across the Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but what are y'all thoughts on this whole? phase that's going on right now high value man low value man high value woman low value woman if they could see me rolling my eyes i think it's so asinine (laughs) i agree uh it's so degrading insulting it just feeds into people's insecurities that are that's already there it's stupid it's mm -hmm. it's not based in any factual data none Mm -mm. what in the world is a high value man because if it's just that you got like a lot of money and good peen then that's thank you (laughs) then that's not really a lot you know if that if that is what you deduce your manhood to like you ain't working with a lot no and again, I, wa- I watched a great video on this. Um, so Julesy did a very good video. Oh, she did. She did a really good, good video on this. And one of the things that she was talking about is there's no real definition of high mm-hmm. value. Is this? And again, it's about assimilating to <laughs> whiteness um, because that's what you're defining high mm-hmm. value is a, as a comparison to, mm-hmm. you know, because usually when people talk about this, we're assuming that they're talking about this in reference to money. Mm-hmm. But again, what in the world is high value when you're talking about money? Are we talking about a fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, a million, ten million, hundred million, one Shoot. billion? If you that's know. the case, are you just talking about somebody with a job? Right. Yeah. So you know, there's no. It's very steeped in classism, uh, or elitism. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, black men do not have as a collective. Now, of course, you have individuals that are outliers, mm-hmm. but as a collective, do not hold the power, uh, the power or the ability to amass the type of power that white men have. So how can you categorize yourself realistically as a high value man if you're using so- socioeconomic status mm-hmm. as a rubric? You can't use they system against yourself. Mm-hmm. That don't really work out well. That hasn't been working out well. Yeah. So yep. I think this is a term that is, again, it's illogical. <laughs> you know, it's it's illogical for us to use this against ourselves. Yeah. Because we are not a part of a system where we really can amass that. Yeah. You again, you have outliers. There are absolutely men that make a lot of mo- black men that make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That does exist. Definitely. Um and there are lots of black men that don't make nothing. So you're going to find everything in between. But when you're talking about high value, again, you have to have some sort of collective data 
definition on what that means. So if if you have one definition of what mm-hmm. high value is, I have one of what high value is, and you have one of high value, then we all done selected three different men mm-hmm. and we're all going to fight about what high value is. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you graduate and the school gives you the diploma, you can't give yourself the high <laughs> the high level. Like, you mm-hmm. can't be like, I'm a high value man, but you're not the one deciding mm-hmm. unless you are a gay man and you date men. Mm. That's interesting. But if you date women, you can't assign your value. I'm sorry. Ooh, I see where you're going with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Cause the woman decides yeah. what the high value is. Yeah. And just like mm-hmm. I would say on the flip side, the man decides the high value woman. Because mm-hmm. a century ago, it wouldn't have been none of us. We'd no. have probably been somewhere stoned or staked or something, you know, <laughs> burned. True. You know, we wouldn't have been um, an appropriate woman because we have too much um, to say and we have jobs and, mm-hmm. you know, we're not at home rearing children and having the food ready. But, th- you know these are all subjective to times and cultures and mm-hmm. so many other things. It, it's just a really ridiculous way to put yourself in another box. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of being in boxes. Yes. And it pits us against each other. Again, this is another one that like you were saying is kind of, um, umbrellaed under, mm-hmm. you know, massage noir that it pits us against each other because when it comes to, if we're using financial success as a, a definition of high value, the only, um, and if we're going to, again, there's no clear definition on this, but if we're going to say, let's just say 500,000, right? Mm-hmm. You're only going to have, you know, who knows? 5% of the men make, let's say black men, 5% of black men make 500,000. But you're not going to have, so that means 95% of them don't. Are not that person. Yes. So how are you going to have people seek 5% of available partners? You have 100% of women trying to. (laughs) That means you're going to, I can't remember the name of this young lady, but it was a video that I saw the other day and she was like, sis. If you got a man, then we're going to share that man because we because the percentage of men is so low. I don't oh, for, want I in don't that want no category. Wives. Huh? I don't want any sister. Right. Wives. Exactly. I don't want to share. That's just me. That's no shade to anybody that's poly or anything. And I mean, poly, not cheaters. That's a different topic that we already covered. Um, but I'm not sharing. Girl, mm-hmm. when I saw that, because my husband sent me that video. When I sent uh, when he sent me that video, I said, boy, bye. Get your life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm. you know, I was watching another video and um by Abba and Preach, but um and Abba was on this panel with these women and he was talking about, you know, they were specifically talking about this high value kind of mm-hmm. idea. And there he was saying like you do realize that if you have a hundred, you know, a hundred men, um uh, excuse me, a hundred women and um a hundred men. Mm-hmm. And two of the men <laughs> make you know, a lot of money. He was like, the two men have a hundred women to choose from. Yep. The women have two. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, people don't realize that if you are using the term high value and you're only attributing it to money, then, and whether you're talking about high value for men or women, mm-hmm. but specifically this is usually um, attributed to men, that the pool is extremely, extremely low if we're only using money as a definition of high value. Yeah. Because the higher you get with the dollar amount, the smaller the pool becomes. Mm-hmm. You can find lots of men that make 30,000. You can find lots of men that make 50. You can find a great deal of men that make a hundred. You're not going to find a whole lot that make a million. This is true. And get to keep it <laughs> and make it consistently. Mm-hmm. Legally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think this is a term I will be very glad when it finally dies down. Yeah. And goes away. Cause it's tearing my nerves up. So people can get back to reality. Because <laughs> we live here. <laughs> like, can we get back to reality and we look at what, you know, again, high value, what are you defining it at? And remember that it's an individual thing. Because some people don't value money. For some people, high value is somebody that comes home every night that is consistent. Loyal. Loyal. Mm -hmm. You know, someone that is family oriented. Take care of the kids. And and financially stable. High Mm -hmm. value. You know, for them, you know, he can make 50,000, but he's financially stable. You know, so if we can get back to reality on what is actually Mm -hmm. value, then... Cause you can buy expensive things and they are worse than some of the cheap stuff. Cause all that glitters ain't gold. Mm-hmm. That was pyrite. So AKA fool's gold. Yeah. That's my thoughts on it. I mean, I could go more, but that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. Blah, 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 that's all folks. I agree with that one. And don't expect to have no full session over a uh, high value man. Cause we're not going to be doing that. Cause I'm or not going to be able to take that. We're not either one of them because that's the flip side of the high value. Mm-hmm. So we're not doing one on hypergamy or high value men. Or not a, not a whole session. Explain to them what hypergamy is because they may not understand that. Uh, so hypergamy is, you know, the pursuit of a partner that basically makes a lot of money. Um, that's in a higher social status um, than you are and has the ability to pull you up. But for the most part, it's basically the pursuit of um, a a male partner that makes a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you definitely want, it's all about social standing. Yeah. You know, that he has a higher social standing than you. um, So he can Mm -hmm. upgrade you basically. And if you need to hear about that, go listen to the last session. Mm-hmm. toxic femininity and toxic masculinity yep so we're not we're not doing full sessions on those guys <laughs> those are definitely hot button topics <laughs> okay well like we normally do we want to make sure we close out with a quote and today's quote is from angela davis and it reads black women have had to develop a larger vision of our society than perhaps any other group. They have had to understand white men, white women, and black men. And they have had to understand themselves. When black women win victories, it is a boost for virtually every segment of society. Must be this volume control. So, okay, interns. 
process your notes, be sure to catch us next session, and find us on all major platforms at The Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.